0: Hello and welcome to mini episode 16 of Real Life Ghost Stories. Oh, you
1: do. I
0: can't believe we've been doing this for 16 weeks. Mini episodes.
1: Oh, I was going to say, I don't think quarantine's been that long.
0: Well, that's mad. It just didn't feel like we've been doing them that long, but we're 16 mini episodes in.
1: Excellent. And we're still in September 1990. (laughs) Still so far behind.
0: (laughs) This episode is dedicated to Santana Butcher. Happy birthday, I believe your birthday is today. That's from us. We love you. Happy birthday.
1: Happy birthday to you.
0: And also from Callum. Are you ready for some listener stories today? No. We've got two listener stories because one of them is quite long. Okay. So we've, we've gone for two listener stories today. And our first story comes from Rachel.
1: Okay. Buckle up, buttercup. No, I'm not ready for this.
0: I've always been interested in the paranormal, ever since I was seven or eight years old. And for some reason, my parents allowed me to watch Pet Sematary and It. (laughs) I loved it. I used to gather my friends in my bedroom and sit them in a circle with the lights off to perform seances, and attempt to summon the dead with my battery-operated candles and magic crystals. Kids would gather around me at recess as I made up ghost stories day after day and I got to the point where parents contacted the school because their children couldn't sleep at night (laughs) so yeah I was a strange kid despite my fascination I never had an actual experience of that nature until I was 22 I was spending the night for the first time at my friend Tori's house I stayed over because we were leaving at 5am for a conference and I was afraid I would oversleep I am an extremely heavy sleeper, which is a relevant factor in this story. I can sleep anywhere, anytime. As an example, I once slept through an extremely loud, ear-blasting fire alarm at at a hotel and had to be physically shaken awake by my sister. Tori had three bedrooms upstairs, the master bedroom and two guest rooms that she referred to as the purple room and the green room. Named for the paint and decorative themes. I was assigned the purple room. The moment I entered the room, I felt very uncomfortable. I had butterflies in my stomach and my chest tightened. I was overcome by an inexplicable feeling of dread. I laid in bed and this feeling continued. I was not at all tired, just completely on edge. I remained still for maybe an hour in the dark hoping this feeling would subside and I could drift off to sleep. That didn't seem to be working, so I forced myself to shut my eyes. After a few minutes of this, and still completely awake, I heard a man's voice whisper something in my ear. I shot up terrified and nervously scanned the dark room, but there was nothing, and no one. I dashed across the room to quickly turn on the nightlight and sprinted back into the bed. I put my headphones into my ears and laid there completely awake listening to music for the remainder of the night. But I couldn't stop thinking about the voice and trying to remember what it was that it said. I recalled that it was a full sentence, not just a word, but whatever it was didn't make sense to me in that moment and I was too freaked out by the fact that a man was whispering in my ear that paying attention to the words wasn't exactly my first concern. I never told my friend or anyone else about the incident at that point. Not much to tell, right? Probably nothing, I thought, and I put it from my mind. My friend is a very serious and logical person. I didn't think it would be worth mentioning it to her. Several months later... I was asked by my friend to house-sit for her while she was out of town. She was a public speaker and often travelled out of state. There was no need for me to actually stay at the house. I lived with my parents in the same small town only minutes away and could have easily just dropped in a few times a day to check on things and feed the cats. But my home was very toxic and abusive, so I jumped at the chance to get away for a while. During the first day, I noticed nothing unusual about the house at all. I watched TV in the living room and enjoyed the peace and quiet. I've always enjoyed my alone time, and there was no reason that this should be any different. However, when the sun went down, something changed. The energy in the house seemed to become thick and heavy. I remember having the very distinct feeling that I was not alone in the house. This really disturbed me because as much as I have always loved all things paranormal, I had never felt anything like this. It was a hobby of mine to visit cemeteries and notoriously haunted locations, and I can say that this was the first time I had ever sensed a presence that I could not see. At about 8 or 9pm, I was sitting in the recliner in the living room, watching a comedy movie because I thought it might lighten things up a bit. Suddenly, I heard a noise directly above my head, THUD. CREAK. THUD. CREAK. THUD. CREAK. Over and over. I quickly muted the TV and listened intently. I heard the noise move from directly above me down the length of the living room and then slowly back towards me. I was frozen in the chair with my heart racing. It was footsteps. Footsteps. Pretty loud footsteps. It sounded like someone was upstairs walking around in heavy work boots or something. This went on for about 10 minutes before I snapped out of my frozen state and grabbed my phone. I typed out a text to Tori that I was very hesitant to send. I wrote, Hey, I know this is going to sound crazy and probably ridiculous, but I think your house is haunted or something. I swear I've been hearing footsteps upstairs. The moment I pressed send, I felt like an idiot. I couldn't believe I was considering this completely outlandish possibility. I just knew she was going to make fun of me for this, but honestly, I was really hoping that she would explain the noise in a logical way, so that I could relax. Her response floored me. She replied, Oh, yeah, the house is haunted. Usually, I just tell it to stop or be quiet, and it does. I about shit myself. She said it so (laughs) casually. I was shocked and frankly a little annoyed that she failed to mention this. I felt like this should have been included in my instructions like please remember to feed the cats twice a day and also there are ghosts. It's common courtesy. (laughs) I mustered up some courage and in a shaky voice shouted towards the ceiling. Please stop. The footsteps ceased immediately. And let me tell you, that did absolutely nothing to make me feel better. This indicated to me that if there was something or someone in the house, it had an intelligence about it. After I finished the movie, I decided that I would rather die than sleep upstairs, but all the bedding and pillows were up there. I ran up the stairs, full force, skipping steps, stripped a bed, and sprinted downstairs with everything in record-breaking time. I made myself a bed on the couch and tried to sleep. I woke up abruptly in the middle of the night to the most horrifying noise I have ever heard. First, I have to remove a whole cat from my face.
1: <laughs>
0: he was literally asleep on top of my face. What an asshole. Anyway, I noticed the basement door at the foot of the couch, which had been securely closed, was wide open. And there was a strange glowing red light shining from the basement on the wall. No. Nope. There was a loud, terrible sound emanating from the basement, that I can only describe as a low roar or a growl that just went on and on. There was no way in hell I was going down there. I was too afraid to even get up and shut the door for fear of what I might see. I grabbed the cat, pulled him up to me like a teddy bear and eventually managed to fall back asleep. I should also mention that in the years since, it has been suggested that the noise I was hearing could have been the furnace – Now, I'm not a professional, but it didn't sound remotely close to any furnace that I've ever heard. I woke up in the morning, and the basement door was still wide open, but so was something else. The front door. The front door that no one ever used, that remained locked and deadbolted, always. Was wide open, about ten feet away from me. Some time passed before my friend asked me to house-sit again. This would turn out to be the last time that I agreed to do this. You might be wondering why I would stay overnight after my previous experiences.
1: Yes, I am wondering.
0: Allow me to explain. I had recently started dating a girl and was in the awkward phase of coming out. I had not yet told my family and because she lived with two male friends, our alone time was extremely limited. I thought this would be a great opportunity to spend time together, just her and I. Plus, I thought it might not be so scary if I wasn't alone. We arrived at the house in the early evening, and it didn't take long for us to notice something peculiar. We went upstairs to unpack our toiletries and found something very odd when we opened the bathroom door. All the cupboards had been opened to completely obstruct the entrance. These were large doors. There was no possible way for someone inside the bathroom to open all the cupboards and still exit the room. The only way someone could have done this would be to open all the cupboards, jump out of the second story window (laughs) while somehow managing to close the window behind them. We couldn't make sense of it. The rest of the evening was pretty unremarkable. We watched a couple of movies downstairs and then it was time for bed. We both had to wake up early for work. There was no way I was sleeping in that purple room again, so we opted to sleep in my friend's bedroom. Not to mention, her room was the only one that had a large enough bed to fit two people comfortably. Not long after we laid down, I started hearing this thumping noise from the ceiling. This was the top floor, other than a small attic above us. Then I heard the same noise, only now it seemed to be coming from the small study connected to the bedroom. It was strange, though. It felt more like the sound was coming from inside my head, like when your ears are ringing, and it's different than a ringing you might hear outside of yourself. I listened for a few minutes, thinking my girlfriend was asleep. Then suddenly she turned her head and whispered, Do you hear that? Having absolutely no desire to investigate, we turned on the television in the bedroom to drown out the noise and were able to fall asleep. In the morning, I was the first to leave for work. Absolutely nothing happened as I was getting ready. It was still dark outside and I opted to turn on every light downstairs as I sat and had my coffee. I didn't need any dark corners fuelling my already heightened paranoia. After work, I arrived back at the house in the late afternoon. I decided to take a shower and went upstairs to the bedroom to grab my clothes. I'd made it a habit while in the house to shut every door behind me. So I did that and walked over to rifle through my bag. Then I heard it. A woman, singing in one of the other bedrooms. (sighs) Clear as day and at full volume. I froze in place and strained to hear it. I listened for about 30 seconds and then it stopped. I grabbed my things and went to the bathroom. I got in the shower and turned on the water. I was washing my hair when I heard it again, singing. I could hear it over the water rushing down over my head. I quickly turned off the faucet and stood there in complete silence, for a moment, nothing. There was no sound. I turned the faucet back on and finished my shower. I stepped out and was drying off when I heard it once more. I was completely petrified. I bolted out of the bathroom completely naked to grab my phone from the bedroom. I could hear it clearly enough as I ran by to be able to tell which room it was coming from. The green room. I ran back to the bathroom and locked the door. I sat on the floor and called my girlfriend. In total panic mode I described to her what was happening and I didn't know what to do. I was too afraid to leave the bathroom. I was a complete wreck. We stayed on the phone for quite some time. The singing had stopped and I was feeling a little better, so I decided it was probably time to leave the bathroom. I opened the door and immediately heard noises to my left coming from the purple room. It sounded like movement and possibly drawers opening and closing. Surprisingly, my first thought was that Tory's son, who was around my age, had come over and was looking for something. I kind of hoped that was the case because I wasn't a fan of being alone there at the moment. I put my ear up to the door and there was definitely somebody in there. Steve? I called through the door. No reply. Steve! I yelled again, slightly louder. Still nothing. I reached for the doorknob and began to slowly turn it to open the door. Suddenly... The doorknob was aggressively jerked out of my hand in the opposite direction. I quickly withdrew my hand from the knob. My blood turned cold and my legs felt like noodles. I ran down the stairs and left the house as quickly as possible. There were no cars in the driveway. No one was there. But I had already known that. That was the last time I ever watched over her house. I will end with one more story. Not mine, but Tori's. One morning she was sitting on her bed watching the news and drinking coffee before work. It was about 7am. She was completely alone in the house. Then in her doorway, she saw movement and looked over to see an elderly man, dressed in old-fashioned clothing walking out of the bathroom past her doorway down the stairs. She was in complete shock. She didn't move. She desperately tried to make sense of what she had just seen, but she could not. Old men don't just rob a house at 7am and casually use the upstairs bathroom. She waited in bed long enough to conclude that if there was someone in the house, they were probably long gone by now. She went downstairs and began to survey the house to see if there was anything amiss. She was looking for anything to corroborate what she had seen. After checking the downstairs and finding nothing she went down into the basement she found something very troubling the basement door that led to the backyard was wide open to this day she can still describe exactly what this man looked like and what he was wearing in vivid detail and when I think back on her story I can't help but wonder could this be the same man who whispered into my ear on that very first night in the house
1: yeah I'm not happy with that I'm not down with that story at all. I don't need no lady singing in my house unless it's you. Don't need some ghostly spirit singing. Imagine if it was like that. <gasps> oh, no. That's the one thing about that film that absolutely traumatised me when I
0: went to see it in the cinema. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. No,
1: not down with that. that. That house sounds like a hive of activity. I am um, Her friend was like, oh, yeah, just tell it to be quiet.
0: But I think you would get used to it. I think there would come a point where you'd be like, Oh, shut up. Fucking Yeah, I think it'd it's come so really quickly with you. Yeah, it would. In about five minutes, I'd be like, yeah, Oh, I've had, had enough, enough of, of this. this yeah. <laughs> I wonder, um like I am not averse to drop kicking an old man downstairs if I have to.
1: I'm I mean, just gonna put that out there. I mean, yeah. I mean if you if you, if you indiscriminately kicking drop kicking kids down the stairs and it's probably not much different kicking old men downstairs no, really it's not much different at all so yeah don't break into our house because emma will drop kick you down the stairs
0: you know my um this is a completely random story but my um my uncle was complaining that his phone had gone missing and he was like completely obsessed with the fact that it had been stolen and my dad was like your phone has not been stolen you've obviously just misplaced it you've like left it somewhere this story has just reminded me of of this story, and then um, he they were in the house one day, and my dad went upstairs, and there was a girl in the bedroom, a real girl, who had been coming in and out of the house, like of her own accord, and very quietly stealing just bits and pieces every so often. Isn't that?
1: Yeah, I mean that last story of the old man sounded did sound a little bit like a home invasion.
0: Yeah, but maybe not a home invasion. Maybe an old man who like used to live there or came why can't, in. Why
1: can't home men, home men? Why can't old men do home invasion?
0: I mean, it's not that they can't. I just feel like doing a home invasion involves a certain amount of speed and agility that potentially an old man might not necessarily have. I mean, he might have. I might be being completely biased yeah. against old men.
1: But I think there's. I think that last one may be a real person. But I think the rest of it is clearly a haunting. And I would not be in the house.
0: I would join in with the singing. I'd do some sort of duet.
1: (laughs) I mean, that would probably stop them from singing, to be fair, if you just started (laughs) singing back. Or it would lead to an amazing musical where you came out of the shower singing, she came out of the green room singing, and then you joined in together in like a crescendo in the hallway, and then she vanished.
0: Or we had a sing-off.
1: A sing-off, oh yeah. Yeah, I know, right?
0: Are you ready for another story? Yeah. Our second story comes from Letha. I've heard you mention a couple of times about ghosts in Victorian clothes, so I wanted to share with you my experience of a ghost in normal clothes. I'm from Ashland, Kentucky, and at one time worked in a ten-storey hotel. The hotel wasn't old, it was only built in 1984. The original owner was Mr Hill. He had a suite where he stayed upon the tenth floor and was known to have an eye for the housekeepers. His office was on the first floor, which is where he ended up dying from a massive heart attack. I began working there in 2013, never meeting Mr. Hill, only knowing that he was the owner that had died there. On the second floor, we had a grand ballroom with a service corridor that led to the kitchen. At the kitchen, you could either walk out to the ballroom area or take the service corridor that would take you in behind the ballrooms. One evening, I went to the kitchen to fetch some snacks for me And the front desk girl. As I was coming out of the kitchen, I got a sense of sadness that felt really heavy on me. It was so strange. I was just bouncing along, happy with my snacks, and then bam, I felt really sad. At the same time, I have a feeling that I see something out of the corner of my eye. I turn around to see what it was, and I see a man dressed in a blue checkered button up dress shirt with khaki pants. He wasn't bold. But was partially there and had a comb over. He didn't look my way, instead he just kept walking down the service corridor. I knew no one should be up there so I freaked and ran downstairs to the front desk. When I got there the girl working said I was pale and asked what was wrong. As I'm explaining what just happened she also turns pale and says that I just described Mr Hill. Now there has been so many strange people Now there has been so many people mention strange things that's happened to them. But no one else has seen a full-body apparition like that. Many have seen a glimpse out of the corner of their eye, but when they turn it's gone. I no longer work there, so I'm left to just ponder. Was my mind playing a trick on me? Or did I truly see Mr. Hill?
1: Hmm hmm
0: so not a ghost in victorian clothes
1: no and and a known person as well so it sounds like it's someone that passed recently or
0: yeah that everyone was was aware of of their life and who they were and what they looked like
1: oh shudders give me shudders imagine being that person who's just started work somewhere and you clock someone and you go and tell them
0: and they're like, oh, that was the person who died twenty years ago. Yeah,
1: which is uh, something I feel like you'd tell me as a joke.
0: I definitely would, and yeah. then I would just wouldn't correct my, no. I wouldn't correct myself, and then you'd be freaked out, and I would internally yep. find it hilarious yep. for the rest of my life.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's creepy. I mean, it's it's refreshing to hear of a ghost in um, modern, more or more modern clothing. I feel like we've had uh, a, another story fairly recently, or it might just be imagined. Maybe
0: like, I don't remember we go through so many stories that I fail to remember lots of them
1: I feel like my head is like for the last week has been in a constant brain fart anyway so
0: oh really yeah having one of those weeks yeah so if you enjoyed those two gorgeous stories this week you can find us on all social medias I know I'm streamlining even more you can also send in your ghost story to reallife ghost stories podcast at gmail.com. There is about a six month waiting list until you hear it, so I'm sorry, but you just have to keep listening. You can support us on Patreon for either five dollars or two dollars a month. And that is patreon.com forward slash real life ghost stories. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel where we post weekly videos, and you can do something else that i can't remember what i was going to say oh buy our merch the links for everything is in the description of this episode and on that note we shall see you next week
1: bye